Welcome back. About almost 4.35, so I apologize to our guest who was coming up. We were supposed to go at 4.30, but I went rambling on in the last segment with our guest, so we're a little bit behind schedule, but we'll make it up uh, on the back end. Look, I think if you were to go back through the logs of ESPN Richmond and our shows on a daily basis through the first seven months of the year, the two most uttered phrases would be NIL and transfer portal. A day does not go by in which we don't utter one of those two phrases or both of them. So the time has come to really dive in. We've been all over the transfer portal. Let's talk a little NIL and the impact it's having on college athletics, on the national landscape, but more importantly, right here in our region. Name, image, and likeness and what it means to colleges and universities and their athletic programs. And no one better to talk with us about that than Cliff Wood, former senior associate athletic director. Director for Development and other positions at James Madison University, longtime supporter of JMU Athletics, and now in the position as president of the Montpelier Collective Board of Directors, which aids and assists the NIL uh, campaign for James Madison University. I hope I got all that right, Cliff. Thank you for waiting, and thank you for being on with us this afternoon. How are you? You did, Bob. I really appreciate the time, and you got everything right. You even pronounced Montpelier correctly, which most people can't. <laughs> Well, I've lived in the Commonwealth long enough. I, I got to get that one right and Stanton, right? It's not yeah, Staunton, right. it's Stanton, and it's Mount Pelier. So we're two for two there. All right, let's start in real time, Cliff, with what you're doing now. And as I mentioned, you have a history uh, with James Madison, a very good history with James Madison Athletics. But uh, give us a little bit of a real-time update on what the Mount Pelier Collective is doing, kind of how it got started, and where you expect it to head in the near future to assist James Madison's athletes. Yeah, I wish uh, I wish I could uh, have a crystal ball and tell you where NIL was headed uh, over the next few months or years, but it's uh, constantly changing. But as far as the Montpelier Collective and, and uh, our relationship with James Madison, we started in May uh, after uh, a lot of research. I was still working at JMU when I knew I was leaving, and I started to, to research this, and we established it as a, uh, a, a charitable operation a 501c3 and uh we we a group of us got together and felt like this was uh you know the landscape was changing we felt really good about the trajectory that jmu athletics was on and didn't want to hit any speed bumps along that way and felt like if we didn't participate um then that could cause us to lose some of that momentum so we established that in uh, about in may uh, we're just starting to get our fundraising uh, under us. We had some seed money, so we were able to get some of our student-athletes under contract. But we're still really, I would call it, the startup phase, uh, where we really need support. Um, and, it, you know, we're not affiliated with JMU in that, you know, J, you know, we're doing it for the student-athletes, but not the university. Uh, but we also want to make sure that our supporters and donors understand how important it is to continue to give to JMU Athletics and the Duke Club. And if they have some money left over for charitable uh, contributions, then we would like to get that uh, after they take care of their Duke Club donation. I'm really glad you brought that up because in preparing to talk to you today, I did read a couple of the articles, one in the newspaper, one on James Madison's own website. And at the very end, it is clear to point that out. Supporters of JMU Athletics wishing to contribute to the Mount Pelier Collective should only do so above and beyond their typical Duke Club contributions. What are the challenges there, Cliff, for, for both parties? I almost said for both sides, but you're on the same side. For, for both sure. parties, for, for the Duke Club to be able to be successful, 
successful, but also for the Montpelier Collective to be successful because we know in this day and age, without that, the athletes are going to find a better deal somewhere else. Yeah, I think the important thing, I, I ran the Duke Club for a few years, and, and one of the frustrations I had as both an alum and working there was uh, we have very, very passionate fan base. Uh, but only about 7% of our alumni give back to the university in any capacity. So uh, the fundraisers at JMU, for, for uh, athletics in particular, have done a really good job with that. Um, but you, with that small a number of folks giving back, you, you tend to run into donor fatigue. And you're asking the same people for money constantly. And what I didn't want to do, having talked to all those folks uh, as a member of the Duke Club, and, and it was hit him again. And so what we really want to try to do both at the Duke Club and at the Montpelier Collective is get more people involved. I think they see the great football stadium, the new uh, Atlantic Union Bank Center, and they think, oh, they have plenty of money. But, uh, you know, it's a big athletic budget, and if you're going to compete uh, as we have when we moved up to the Sun Belt, you know, you're going to continue to need to raise money both on their level and ours as well. Hey, Cliff, take us through maybe a real-life example, and I, I'm not saying to use names or anything, but, but how this would work. If, if I'm an athlete at James Madison, I'm interested in getting my NIL out there, my name, image, and likeness, how are you kind of helping him or her to place them in a position um, to do that, to, to, to gain the financial rewards, but to do the things that they have to do to get those financial rewards, if that makes, makes any sense? Sure. Um, and we're a little bit different than some of the NILs that are around. Ours is, is a chari- as I said, a charitable organization. So when we wanted to do this, we wanted to make sure we did it what we would call the JMU way. And, uh, and that's a way of giving back to the community. So our main goal is to make sure that they're prepared as student-athletes for a lifetime after they leave JMU of a commitment to giving back to charitable endeavors. So um, Part of what we do is when we contract with a student athlete, we'll, we'll make a, we'll offer them a stipend. Uh, part of that stipend includes community service hours with charities that partner with us. Hmm. So it was really important for us to, uh, and as a charity, to, to give back to the community. And the student athletes are really excited about that as well. Um, it's for their volunteer opportunities and to, that, for that to be part of their name, image, and likeness. At some places, it's more, you know, how do I capitalize on my name? And it's more of a marketing deal. That is not what we do. Hmm. How, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. How, how, do the, how do the coaches fit into this? It's obviously very important to them from a recruiting standpoint. And how do you, if at all, interact with the coaches? It's um, obviously I know all the coaches haven't worked there and been in, and been in the administration, um, and so it helps that I, I had worked there. So what we do is we'll have a slate of student athletes based on the amount of money that we receive. So we have a budget based on that, and when somebody donates to the Montpelier Collective, they're able to select the sport that they want uh, that donation to go to. So when we get to a certain point where we think we can make offers, we'll reach out to student athletes based on what we feel like their name, image, and likeness is worth and make it uh, an offer to them, explaining to them the tax implications, explaining to them, you know, you're on a, a 1099 agreement and explaining to them this is a community service aspect of this as well. So um, the more money we get, the deeper we can go uh, with our student-athletes in all the sports. Uh, the Montpelier Collective will raise, is raising money for all sports at James Madison. Um, it's just to where we can, you know, we're still trying to get enough money where it's effective for each of those sports. 
And Cliff, as we both have alluded to, you worked at JMU for for a long period of time. So obviously you have an existing relationship with Jeff Bourne, with your director of athletics. Um, how important is that in this whole concept and process? I could see where you know, it can be a little bit of a slippery slope, particularly for an athletic director, knowing what they're supposed to do, what they're not supposed to do. I know the whole tax implication thing has complicated this. Kind of what's that relationship that you have to have with your with Jeff Bourne, with your AD? Yeah, I'm lucky and we're lucky in that respect that I had a really good relationship before I worked there uh, and working for him, I had a, I had a great relationship. So he knew when I was leaving that, that I was thinking about um, helping get this off the ground. Uh, hopefully he trusts me. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, in the state of Virginia, you can't really have a lot, uh, a lot of interaction with the university. So my interaction with him is updating him on milestones. Hey, this is what we're doing. We're filing with the IRS to get a 501c3 approved. Uh, we're thinking about launching here. And then, you know, he was nice enough to do some videos for us. Uh, and he is one of the few people like you, Bob, that can pronounce Montpelier. So he was he was great in that video. I won't speak for the other coaches that did videos because that seems difficult. But so yeah, uh, Jeff and I, uh, Jeff and I, are, they remain close, and and I I update him every every chance I get. I'm not quite, I'm not so sure I can spell it, but at least I can pronounce it. And in radio, I guess that's all. That's all I really really need to do. What, what are you hearing um, from your colleagues across the country? I, I assume there's some some interaction there, and people are picking each other's brains because you know there's no roadmap for this thing, and as everybody uses the phrase, there are no guardrails on the roads right, right now. So, what are you kind of hearing nationwide about all of this? Yeah, I, I think that you know the the weird part that the NCAA. Uh, when this was all kind of rushing at us, uh, and, and they made some really uh, gray rules, I would guess you could call them that. Uh, but they said state law supersedes any uh, NCA rule. So if there's a state, for example, Texas, that just passed the law that says the universities can do uh, be involved in the NIL collective business or, or NIL deals, that's a little bit of a game changer. In Virginia, we have to be separate from the university, but in states like Florida, Ohio, Texas, uh, Alabama, uh, you can imagine what schools are in those states. Uh, you know, they, they can be more actively in Georgia. You can be more actively involved. So it's a little bit um, of, I wouldn't say it was unfair, but it's certainly we're not playing under the same rules as, as everybody else. And it, it, it's constantly changing. You mentioned the IRS uh, sent out a memorandum on whether this was tax deductible or not, uh, but didn't make a ruling. So you have that. You have people lobbying um, Congress to try to get federal support for some type of NIL rules, which that doesn't seem to be gaining traction, even though there are multiple groups trying to do it. So uh, everybody's just as confused <laughs> as, as you are or as I am <laughs> about it. So I try to get clarity. Uh, certainly the NCA is not providing it. <laughs> for sure that that line has been uttered a lot as well uh, over the last couple of years uh, pr- predictably and as you said if you had a crystal ball you know it would be great but but you don't so let me finish up with you on this front cliff and i'll let you i'll let you do a little bit of bragging for for jmu here although i will set it up for you and hey we had jonathan mcnamara on in the last hour and he did enough bragging for jmu so he certainly <laughs> did his part but it just came out today from the commonwealth of virginia the final rankings of all the schools and how successful they 
they were through the whole athletic year from the fall to the winter to the spring. And James Madison overall had a winning percentage of about 66%, second only to UVA. And then amongst the women was the best winning percentage in the state at about 70%. And amongst the men was third best in the state at about 59%. These are all good, glossy, on-paper numbers where I'm reading them from right now, Cliff. How much does that translate in your world to winning and continuing to consistently win and how it may bring in dollars to your collective? Well, it, uh, it, we're very proud of that, and I'm sure John, as big a fan as he is, to toot the horn a lot with that. Yes. Um, we're very proud of that, and that's the momentum that I was talking about. And, you know, these things don't happen by accident. You mentioned Jeff Bourne. He, you know, he has done a tremendous job getting us in position to have the success. And a lot of things done behind the scenes, uh, getting us to the Sun Belt. And, you know, it was, it was you know, our board of directors, it was, it was just a group of really fans that wanted to make sure that we, we maintained what exactly what you're talking about. Not just in football, men's basketball, women's basketball, but across the board. And, uh, you know, our success in the last five to ten years uh, has been amazing. And, you know, it's, it's addicting. You want to continue to, to, to push forward and do that. The best way to do that is to continue to give to JMU Athletics, but also to give to us because it is a changing landscape. And to be competitive, uh, we feel strongly that the Montpelier Collective has to be competitive with other G5 schools and schools that we recruit against, so some lower Power 5 schools as well. I think we are all hoping that those guardrails of which we spoke are being built as we speak, whether that's being built by the federal government or the NCAA or by someone smarter than all of us, because it does need to settle down at some point. I would think you would agree with that, wouldn't you, Cliff? A hundred percent. It would make certainly yeah. what we do easier and nothing would make me happier than turning this over to the university. Yeah, absolutely. Cliff, I appreciate the time. I think you've provided some some clarity uh, to what we've been talking about. We'll continue to monitor it. Hopefully we'll bring you back on from time to time and see how, how you're doing with your initiative. So really appreciate your time, and congrats on your great career at JMU and what you're doing now to help the Dukes. I appreciate the time, Bob. Cliff Wood uh, from the Mount Pelier. M-O-N-T-P-E-L-I-E-R. There you go. I pronounced it and spelled it correctly. President of the Mount Pelier Collective Board of Directors, and that is the NIL collective group involved with James Madison Athletics. There's a lot to sort out there, and we'll continue to talk about it. If that's been our most uttered phrases for the last six months, it's probably going to be again for the next six months, particularly as we get into football and basketball season at the college level. All right, 448. We'll take a break. We'll come back again. We're live at the Greater Richmond convention center at the national usa karate championships there's a lot of practicing going on out on the uh one two three four five ten mats out in front of us uh, and the grandstand set up for great competition that'll be held here tomorrow through sunday we'll continue to talk about that as we move along this afternoon sports auto continues after a break 1061 espn